Brandon Brands. Hey, this is Nicole Holland from Interviews That Convert. And if you'd like to build a brand that matters, you should be listening to Brands on Brands on Brands with my good friend, Brandon Berkmeyer. In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change. How do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal marketing coach. And I believe that building brands that matter is the only way for a business to thrive tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in each week as we bring you top-rated marketing experts and game-changing entrepreneurs that talk about their businesses and how they built their brands. And if you're new to the show, make sure to go to brandonbrands.com to check out our community. And if you want to connect with me, there's a link right there to say, Click, hey and say, click it and say hey to Brandon. Uh, I do like to engage with you guys and figure out how I can help. So uh, happy to work with you and let's get into it. What I'm looking forward to sharing with you guys today, this is one of our expert interviews and it's something I haven't done before. I'm talking with, uh, let me introduce her to you first. Her name is Nicole Holland and she's a top rated podcaster a business owner, entrepreneur, a coach, so many things. She's been featured in Forbes, the Huffington Post, Entrepreneur Magazine, as well as she's spoken on live stages. She's guested on top podcasts, on summits, on web TV shows, you name it. Her show is called The Nicole Holland Show. If you haven't checked it out on iTunes or on your wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you go and check it out. It is the kind of show where you just you get all those little nuggets, business strategy that you are looking for. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Today, we're here to talk about podcast guesting, which basically is just how do you become a guest on a podcast? How do you leverage the PR power of this growing media channel? There's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And what's out there right now, which is why I'm so excited to bring her on today, what's out there right now is everyone telling you to just show up everywhere, to just email everyone that has a podcast and try to get on it. And guess what? doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You might get a few wins along the way, but the good podcasts, the ones that actually have audiences are harder to get on. They have filters. They're looking out for these kinds of emails and they're throwing them away. So you have to have a strategy. You have to have someone who's been there that can teach you the best practices. And that's what we're going to get into today. That's what the conversation was all about. And there was so much value dropped in this that I hope you guys pay attention, listen in, and if you get value from it, let me know. Let me know what you took away from this episode. But with no further ado, uh, I hope you guys take a listen. Introducing Nicole Holland. Check it out. Brandon Brand. All right, let's get going. Hey, everyone. Today, welcome again to the show. I'm excited to bring to you today's guest. She's a top-rated podcaster, business owner, entrepreneur, a coach, so many things. It's been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post. I've already talked about this stuff, but I have to say it again because the person I'm bringing you today is the host of the Nicole Holland Show. Nicole Holland, thank you for being here with us. First and foremost, I enjoy, I'd say today, but it's tonight really. We're, we're recording this at night. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Brandon. I'm super, super stoked and I was honored when you invited me. Yeah, well, and the reason that, well, we connected, obviously we've met in person. It's, you know, podcasting's a small world, uh, but the reason I'm excited that we get to talk tonight uh, is... One of the, like my favorite things, you know, recently, especially everyone knows that here we talk about all the time is podcasting, the power of podcasting to build your authority, to build your influence, to build your personal brand. And, and as you go down that road and you start to consider building a podcast and you have a show and you have those kind of things, one of the things that comes up that, that we have not covered on this show yet, which is probably a, a, a my fault <laughs> is, is podcast guesting, but you know, maybe I'll just say I haven't found the right person and now I have. I'm excited that I could get to bring them this topic. And you know, if you ask anyone out there, uh, you know, what should you do to get a podcast listened to? It's the first thing they say you should get on other podcasts. That's what people listen to. Why is that such a strong 
re- uh, reason to get your podcast found by going on other podcasts? I actually probably started in part when I was doing podcast guesting for that, but it was more as I was going to become a podcaster. I wanted to know what other people were doing because I cared about the guest experience. I'm always looking at, I want to, I want my clients. I want my students. I want my guests to have the best possible experience and that you can't just do that from theory. So I started going on podcasts to experience what it was like to be able to model and adopt the best stuff and to be able to find out what doesn't feel good from the guest perspective. And so with that, I mean, I was starting my new podcast at that time, the Business Building Rockstar Show that was back. It launched um, at the beginning of 2016. So starting late 2015, I started guesting. But what I have found is that it's it can be fine for podcasters, but it's more impactful when you take the strategy as a business owner of looking at building relationships with hosts and listeners that you can help personally with your business. Now, if you don't have a business and your podcast is your way of helping, that's great. And when we're, when we're sharing um, knowledge with people who are already listening to podcasts, listening to another podcast from somebody they're enjoying is absolutely beneficial. Um, So there's definitely a lot of benefit for podcasters wanting to grow their audience by being a guest. And it's even more impactful, in my opinion, once you start recognizing how you can actually leverage podcast interviews or podcast guesting, as I call it, to build and grow your business business to monetize what you're doing. Right. And this is, I mean, this is essentially the new PR, right? I mean, it is PR at the end of the day, it's PR that you can control yourself and directly impact how you can get onto, you know, shows that are growing and are popular in in this space, which is, it makes sense. And I, you know, as an advertising guy through and through advertising and PR, have always been kind of kissing cousins or whatever you want to say. And when you get both firing on all cylinders for a business, obviously, you, you really have something in, in a campaign, in a following and whatever it is. Podcasting, what I like is there's, there's access. You, you know, there's not gatekeepers as much in podcasting as there are in some of the, like, the more traditional media channels. Have you found that, you know, what is, now that people have to filter people themselves, how are they doing that? How have you found, like, as, as you're talking to podcasters, you're figuring out, like, what are the things they look for what are these filters that have been thrown up and what are those, those barriers we have to work through if you're going one-on-one and trying to contact these people? That's such a good question. And um, I just want to back it up a little bit. When you mentioned PR, publicity, this is publicity. It's new. It's a new media. It's a, it's a new medium and uh, podcasts are growing by leaps and bounds. And so one thing that people don't often think about when they're looking to be on podcasts is they're thinking short-term about that opportunity opposed to long-term. And so when you go on a podcast, you're co-creating content, meaning that you're showing up. Like I'm just showing up right now. You're the one, Brandon, who has to actually do the heavy lifting, do the hard work, produce it, put it out, etc. Now, most people just stop there, but I have this opportunity as the guest to take the content that you create from my wisdom, if you will, and I can then leverage that by creating more content pointing back to this. And then the more I point to you, the more you're going to want to support me and tell other podcasters about how great a guest I am. Now, that is huge for getting past gatekeepers. When you wow and impress and do good by somebody, they are going to hand deliver you to other people who can help you too. As we grow in this podcasting space, it's not just you know reaching out one-on-one to somebody. There's a lot of gatekeepers actually. And a lot of people think, oh, I can be on a podcast. It's so much easier. Do you know how many people want to be on that same podcast? Do you know how many spots there are? I mean, in theory, if somebody is doing one uh, episode per week, that's 52 episodes a year. Are they all interviews? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But most established podcasters are not searching for guests. They know who they want on the show. So in order to get someone's attention, and it may be the gatekeeper, right? You have to know really deeply why you want to be on that show. 
in terms of what's in it for that host, right? You need to know how to really develop rapport. And this is something I'm just going to plug here because I was going to give it away at the end, but (laughs) I have a, I have a whole program called get that yes. And it's all about how to get the attention and the yes from any podcast host you want. It's just most people don't have the patience and they want to jump from like where they're at today to being on that show and they feel like they should be able to. And so this is why we get cold pitch and there's tons of gurus out there telling you it's a numbers game. Just send out your pitches. Please don't. Like seriously, please don't. I'm actually working right now at time of recording on a big ebook that's going to be free to download eventually um, where I have right now I'm at like 65. I'm going for like a hundred podcasters who have established podcasts who give me the inside scoop on why they will reject or ignore your pitch. And there's five main reasons. And the number one is that there's no initial connection. There's no rapport built. Like, who are you, right? So it's really important to to understand that just because you want to be on a show doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it can be done as long as everything is in alignment. Right. Well, and let's talk about rapport for a second. And it, it, we're both podcasters here. We've both been doing this. We've both been on, on that side where we're trying to figure out what our lineup's going to be. Depending on the time period, two, three months out might be my cue for how I'm you know, taking guests. And I don't want to go too much further than that because then it's not timely anymore. And so trying to manage that is, is important. And also, I'm actually seeking out guests. I'm going out of my way to find those people that I really want on my list. And if I'm out there actively chasing like my ideal guests, when I get a pitch from someone, either A, I'm like, maybe they weren't on my radar. So I'll look at it to see if, you know, if they are kind of in that, like that, you know, A, do they fit the show, but B, are they, you know, what I'm chasing? And if they're not, I've, you know, like I have to find, have a good reason to fit them in. And definitely one of the reasons is rapport. If someone I know that I trust says you have to have this person on, I'm going to think about it. So I love that you bring that up. Has that been your experience too, as a, as a host as well? Absolutely. And I have a done for you service too. So my agency has, I've, I should say, I've personally booked hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interviews on podcasts for my clients. I've built deep rapport and relationships with podcast hosts and you know it's really nice i have i have a couple hosts who just have like they just have given me free access they say you know you've already proven yourself you only send us guests who are well prepared who know the show who we have like immediate chemistry so you can just book like you don't even have to ask just tell me hey i'm booking this person and that's really nice but it it really goes down to human connection and when we think about oftentimes when when we're looking externally for how can we get our name out there how can we get our brand out there how can we get heard we're very self-centered and we're very um attached to what we want and so what i like to tell my students my clients is that we already know what what you want, right? Because that's why you're here. That's why you're doing a podcast guesting campaign or initiative. So now let's put your desires be the, by the side and identify what are the right shows for you? Why are those the right shows for you specifically? And it's not about you. It's about, it's got to be about the host. It's got to be about the audience. Then why should that host even care about you? What do they care about? What do we know they care about? How can you get their attention in a human to human way without looking to ask them for anything? You're a complete stranger. It would be like somebody walking up to you on the street asking for 20 bucks. (laughs) Really? Like, hey, can you give me 20 bucks? Can you give me a hundred bucks? It's like, No. And even for people who have these big hearts and they want to feed the world, if somebody walks up to you and says, can I have 20 bucks? I'm starving. Or can I have 20 bucks? I need to catch a train. And maybe you're going to give it to them. Maybe that's who you are and you love doing that. Most people are not going to do that. However, that might be what you do, but it's still about them, right? And it's like, 
you know what they want the 20 bucks for. When somebody just walks up to you and says, can I have 20 bucks? You don't even like have any concept of what for. So when we are looking to build rapport with a podcast host, one of the easiest ways to do that is identifying once you know why you want to get their attention, once you know why it's the right show, now you need to make it about them and figure out what they want. And even without going real deep into them personally, most podcast hosts want a rating and review. They want their content shared. They want to be providing value. So by even leveraging social media, you know, you listen to an episode, you really enjoy it, you leave a five-star rating and review, you put your name on it so that it's not Jim Bob 543, but they actually know, hey, this is this is, you know, Joe, Joe Smith or whatever of whatever he's from. And then you share that. You may even want to go on their website. And if there's a contact form, just say, hey, just left you a review. I was really inspired by this episode because, or I'm really a fan of your show because. I think a lot of times people forget that we're not just like a Xerox machine. We actually are human beings creating something. We have feelings. We appreciate being appreciated. And you can get your... You can get yourself on the on the radar without asking for anything, just giving, right? Right. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is, it's. I think what we might lean into is, oh, we just have to like, let's be impressive. Let's like put all the stats out there that are impressive that might make it so it's impossible to deny us to be on this show. But I like that you bring in the human element of this, which is a that it has to be a fit. Like, there's just sometimes it's just not a fit. Maybe it's not the right time or the right place or whatever the thing is. Like, oh, I've I've had three people talk about what you're talking about. It's just not right the right fit right now or whatever it is. Or you're the fit, and there's this human element to it where, yeah, I want to know that someone took the time to actually like listen, that they know what my who my audience is, so I don't have to go through that process of explaining to them like what I'm looking for or whatever the thing is. So there's a human piece to this for sure. Definitely. And most people, I will say in the research I've done over the years um, of what podcasters are looking for, and of course, everybody has their own thing, but um, the majority of podcasters actually will not established podcasters. Now, a new podcaster is completely different. But if you want to go on an established show, most people are not going to even review your pitch if it's coming as a pitch, right? And here's one thing too I want to recommend is that if you want to be on podcasts and before you pitch, like don't don't cold pitch, like be personal. But regardless, make sure you're looking at their at their website and and listening to their show and really doing your research to see is there a, a is there an application process. Because most, or not, probably not most, but many podcasters have a guest application process. And so when you follow that, and then you're able to say, hey, you know, I just want to let you know, like, you know, tweet them out. Like, I, I love this episode with that, 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 you know, build some social rapport uh, or over social media. And then when they're receptive to you, once they recognize your name, they see that you're sharing their stuff. You could say, uh, hey, I'm just wondering if you're currently accepting guests. I saw there's a, a process on your page. Just wanted to check in on the timing. Like people are much more receptive. Once you demonstrate rather than saying, are you taking guests, right? And don't do this either. I've had a number of podcasters tell me, this has happened to them. And this happens to me more times than I could have possibly ever imagined because I think, how could you and why would you? Don't go on to... Like I have on my media page for people to book me as a guest um, or as a speaker for them to request. They will actually go there and it's very... It's written out. This is a, a PR people do this all the time. I'm like, are you trying to get blacklisted? But they'll actually go and pitch their client or themselves through the request to have me as a guest. And it's it's crazy. So pay attention to how the host is already demonstrating that they want to receive a potential great fit guest. So yeah, exactly. And obviously there's ways that people can do this for themselves. And you know, there's it's easy enough to get people's contact information to maybe come up with like, okay, I'll try to avoid some of the pitfalls. What would be the benefit 
other than like convenience, I think that's oh, it's convenient to want to hire someone to help you with this. And I, you know, I, I think I know what the answer is. I don't, I, obviously, but I, but I actually don't think I know the whole answer. I'd like to hear it from the expert. Why should we have help with this kind of thing? Because um, actually somebody just quoted, it was so nice. You know, I did a podcast interview recently on the Hustle and Flow chart podcast with my friends, Matt and Joe. And one of my community members listened and I guess she liked a quote that I said. It's so nice too. That's another thing, which is great when you're doing, uh, when you're doing interviews, like people will tell you quotes. Like, I don't know. It's just something for me. I have a real hard time quoting myself and making like content to put out on social with like Nicole said. Um, so it's great when they do it and then it's like, yes, okay, I'm going to take that and make a picture out of it. But something to the effect of, you know, you can't expect master's level or graduate level results when you have a kindergarten education about something, right? Everybody has their specialty. We all focus in on something. Personally, like my thing is podcast guesting. So why somebody would want to get my support is essentially because they don't want to go through the process of failing and learning. I mean, we all fail and learn. That's how we grow, which is amazing. And sometimes people just don't want to do it on their own. And historically, I, I tend to charge a lot of money or, you know, I'm, I'm on the more bespoke end of the spectrum with this stuff because I'm not just getting people on, on podcasts. Um, I just decided recently, as you know, I, I shared with you before, is that I'm actually now doing something where I help people for free to get that yes. And so I'm teaching people the nuance that they wouldn't be able to figure out otherwise um, from just no cost at all to going deeper by hiring me to done with you where I help them get on shows. I make introductions and, and stuff like that. And then the full service done for you, which is really for companies who already have a really established presence and brand and they want to take that. It's like hiring a publicist, right? Like that's essentially what's a, what I do is I'm essentially a podcast publicist. But just going back to something you said, because we're here and, and it's just personally a, a bit of a pet peeve of mine. Um, yes. Uh, 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 can, oh, are you about to start to complain about something I'm doing right now? Uh-oh. No, not doing, but something you said is super, super common. And most people believe this to be true. And it's a huge pet peeve of mine and many other podcasters as well. And that is you can get someone's information easily enough and you can send them stuff. I am all about stopping cold pitching podcasts because just because you can do that doesn't mean I want that. That's spam, right? Like who wants to get rung up by some telemarketer interrupting your dinner? Tell it like, we don't want that. That's why there's the do not call list. We don't want spam. That's why there's the can spam act, right? And yet still people continue to push and assert themselves on others that it is not, it's, it's not asked for. And so that's a really bad look. If you're trying to get somebody's attention to say yes to you and you're going about a forceful way, like you're not going to win. You just won't. So I am a big proponent of not doing that, not doing cold pitches. And people will say, well, you know, it's faster. And eventually somebody will say, yes, sure. But is it the right show for you? Could be, maybe not. What, like how valuable is your time? Yeah. If and I, I love that you brought it up because the it's a common thing that you hear when you, like I go to the podcast conventions and, and you go to the marketing, like, uh, tracks where the, and what you hear first is be everywhere, just be everywhere, hit up a bunch of people. And you know, you can send these emails just to, and it drives it's me a bad mad. look it's as a, bad a marketing look. person. And as someone who's values human interaction, I, 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 I cringe. I'm like, this is not the strategy. I understand what they're, what they, maybe the intention is, but it's not, it's not the right approach. So I appreciate you're giving people a different option, a different way in to, to be thinking about this. And and also, it's great that you might have some of these relationships that people are like, I'm going to look at an email that comes from Nicole. So like if she, because she, she's built a rapport with me, she has a reputation that, that is important to her to keep. She's not going to send me anybody. 
But that's after I built rapport, right? So it's just a matter of just think about, just use, like, put, I think people forget to put themselves in the other person's shoes. Like, do you want the person knocking at your door and, and again, telling you in the middle of your day, in the middle of what you're doing, what their intention is? No. So, so when you think about it from that perspective, you may want to consider the other person's wants. Now, one more thing. Can I spit one more thing out about this? If you like, uh, I might, okay. I'm just going to interrupt you the whole time. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So the other thing to consider here is, you know, you can send out a bunch of garbage and hope something sticks, but in the amount of time it would do you, it would take for you to do that. If you consider just honing in on one show that's at a higher level that could change your life, that has the listeners who are your ideal buyers, like they want what you have. If you're willing to put that research in and do some things, putting the energy into developing that relationship and that rapport to get the yes from that one host, and I mean, we did this with one of my clients. I just love mentioning her story. I got her on some of her top podcasts. She had hired me to do done for you. I was doing that first. And then I said, I got to done with you with you because I get that you are a uh, you know, published author. You have a great following. You're a podcaster successfully. You're, you know, you've got a, a coaching practice. Like You're speaking on stages. You're on television. Like She had all of the credibility markers but she was not converting listeners to leads. She was not making money from her podcast interviews. And this is what happens with most people. So we worked together shortly to just let me like dig in and go, okay, let's do this, right? Let's <laughs> tweak some things. The first podcast interview that came out, once she had built that kind of, okay, built all those, filled in all those gaps, Within 12 days, she had 600 people on her email list. She had scheduled 21 discovery calls, of which she had already closed five figures in new business within 12 days from one interview. That interview is still paying her today. That's crazy. Yeah. And well, we're going to, and we should dive into that. But I want, I want, don't want people to lose the thing that you had said before, too, which is you might only have like, one chance. That's not exactly what you said, but, but it's true. But that might be the, if you're trying to go for someone high level and you, you're going through the processes, you, you know, whatever it is, you might have one chance to really make that impression. That's going to get you on the show that could deliver these kind of results. Cause not all shows are created equal. Like there is some, some, uh, uh, disparity, you know, if most podcasts are getting a couple hundred, I think that was the average I heard, you know, per episode, the ones at the top are getting thousands and thousands and thousands. And it's like not even close. Right. So the, it's very discerning. It's hyper competitive. And those are the shows that matter. So you might not get more than a chance if you even get that chance to begin with, right? That's the point that I took from that first. I love it. I love that you took that. I just do want to, I do want to share maybe something that's going to be a little bit of a, a thought changer, maybe. And that is downloads are only one aspect. So this particular client, um, she had already been again, she's friends with John Lee Dumas, who has one of the largest podcasts for entrepreneurs in the world. And this was a few years back. She was on that podcast that was boasting a million downloads a month at the time. It had been, I believe, two and a half years. No, it hadn't been that long. It had been a long time, though, since her interview went live on that show at the time we did this 12 days after the one interview. And she had gotten 31 leads from that. None of them converted to money. Okay. And that's one of the biggest shows in her niche. This particular show, it was a good size show. No lie. Like it was a very prestigious podcast that she was on. Nonetheless, because she had her systems dialed in, because she understood the nuance, because she understood how to turn listeners into leads and hosts into rave bands and all of the things, she was able to get people on her list, engage them and, and sell her services and help people. And it's like, it doesn't matter. And this is something I hear a lot of times people go, oh, well, there's only a hundred listeners. 
that's a hundred people. A listener is a real human being who has wants and needs and some of the best, in fact, Matt and Joe, again, I was on the um, hustle and flow chart, hustle and flow chart. We were talking about this on the interview that they have found podcast guesting to be their most lucrative marketing uh, strategy and that they have also been surprised to find that because they do tracking, most people don't do tracking. You really want to do tracking. They have found that some of the bigger shows that they expected to have the biggest bang for the buck did not. And some of the smaller shows that were super niche and had their ideal buyers listening, those are the ones that were the money makers. So please don't, don't look at shows and say, oh, that's a big show. I want to be on there. Because also you want to make sure that by the time you're on that big show, you have everything dialed in. So wouldn't it be great to start dialing things in, make sure you're profitable by going on smaller shows with less risk, more reward, so that by the time you have that opportunity to get on one of those big shows, you already have proven your ability to convert and then, then you know, Bob's your uncle. Yeah, you're, you're, you're singing my, my favorite <laughs> song, which is the song of strategy, which, you know, I've made my, my bread and butter off of, of advertising strategy my whole career. So when someone starts to talk about like the why you do something and the approaches and the, 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 what you do in the beginning versus the middle versus the end and the thought you put into it, it's like music to my ears. So I appreciate you saying that. Uh, and before we get too far you know, later into the show, I want to make sure we talk about what you do when you are on a show to, make, to leverage that and make the most of it. Because you know, getting on the show is only half the battle to your point of like, how do you end up getting that ROI? I want to hear some of those tactics. But let's talk a little bit about the things you're excited about. We talked about the get that yes. Let's actually lay out for people what the things are that if they want to like, if they're like, I get it. I want to do guesting. I want to do guesting. Like, just tell me what to do. Like, let's talk about how some of your programs are working, the things you're excited about right now. Thank you. I really appreciate that opportunity. That's amazing. Okay, so I will start with the, the highest level, which is done-for-you service. So this is for companies who are making $5 million and up in annual revenue. They're great candidates for our done-for-you services um, on the higher level for our full, or our full um, overnight celebrity package where we do a done-for-you best-selling book. We do a podcast. We do all the podcast guesting, mainstream media, all the different stuff. So basically, you seem to be an overnight celebrity, which we know is not true. Um, but we get we, we have a, a great people that we work with that we spin things out and, and it's done for you. So that's like our top, top tier. Um, we only take on two clients a year for that. So it's, it's not for most people. We do have done for you services though below that. And again, that's like if you're making 5 million and up, that's a great place to look. Below that, um, if you're doing, I'd say if you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher, our done with you program, Interviews That Convert is amazing. And that is where Again, I was mentioning before about my client who went to that and had so many more results. A lot of times people, once we hit like six figures or a little more, maybe even a little less, we think, okay, we need everything done for us. Like we don't, we don't want to be in the weeds. And, and the problem with that is like you were saying, as a strategist, we know that if we don't do the work up front to understand, and that's really what interviews that convert is it's strategy. It's building your custom strategy that can be repeated and implemented by other people. But the strategy really has to come from working with you. And so that's that, um, that's that level. We have a couple of levels of interviews that convert and, um, so and you somebody don't who's, everyone for that, that's like an application no. process. That's, that's a, you have to select, is it right for you and for them at the same time? Right. Exactly. Because again, my thing is not about getting more podcast listeners. I mean, that's great. And there's a lot of benefits to doing podcast guesting, but my thing is business. And if we're not getting you an ROI, I don't want your money. So if I don't believe that with what I can do, I can help you make at least 10 times what you're investing, then there's we're not working together. Um, it also has to be like, I've taken on people in the past who are just not coachable or who are not committed, who are like, they just think they're going to pay for something and it's just going to happen. And, and I don't do that anymore. So <laughs> it's definitely a collaborative process. 
I make it pretty fun and easy and it is pretty, I break everything on really, really small things. So people think, oh my God, this is going to be so overwhelming. And then in reality, it's like, oh wait, that was super simple. So it's like the help with what you don't know, you don't know. Um, And then, yeah. So like I said, I just decided like, I really want to help more people to be honest, it's a bit selfish. Like I really want to stop seeing cold pitches. It is so upsetting as a podcaster. And I know a lot of people who feel the same way. And it's like, why are we perpetuating this? There's so many gurus, self-proclaimed gurus out there, like you said, and all these conferences and everything, just send out this template, just do this. And like, it makes me angry. (laughs) So to counteract that, I decided like this was actually something that was on the books to be sold. Um, And I just decided literally about probably a week ago, maybe a little less than a week ago from the time we're recording, I'm not doing that. I want to give it away. Like I seriously want to gift this to people because I want to stop the insanity. So that is completely free. So like we're kind of at that point where it's like we start working with people who are at six figures or about to get to six figures and then free. (laughs) So, um, and I'm sure there's going to eventually be some stuff in the middle there, but the best way for people to work with me, um, even if they're looking at coming in for the done with you, done for you, just reach out to me because that's a personal conversation. That's totally different. But for the people who are more DIYers or the people who are like, yeah, you know what? I've been on shows. I've never made money from them. I've done a lot of interviews. I like doing interviews, but it's more of a visibility thing for me. I didn't realize that I should be making money from these things. Then a great way to start is with get the yes, uh, get that yes for free. And of course you can always reach out and find out what we can. And then I also do like VIP days, strategy days, stuff like that. So there's other ways to work um, together too. But the get that yes is the essentially the first part of the interviews that convert process, which is where if you aren't getting the yes from the host, then something's wrong. So we work to make sure you're going after the right shows, you're positioning yourself properly, you're reaching out strategically and also in a way that's going to be well-received by the host. And we go through this together and celebrate your wins so that there's more and more and more momentum and you can start seeing, ah, this is great. I'm getting this. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's, oh my God. I mean, let's take a, guys, are you hearing any of this that's happening right now? (laughs) I not only like do you have this program that you know people if they if they qualify they can get into you know through an application process uh, and if they're right for it that makes sense but this program that you were going to charge for you're just going to give it away and it, because you just want it to you want to help people you want to have impact but tell me are there people that this isn't for the, like before the flood starts coming in like who is this not for okay so who this is not for is if you do not believe that you deserve to be on podcasts as an expert guest, this is not going to help you. It's mindset. And I will say that the very first challenge, the very first training of Get That Yes is on mindset. So if you have a vision that you want to start making money, you want to have a business, I, I work with business owners who want to scale, right? But if you really feel like if you're listening and you feel in your heart, like this is for me, or you've had that dream of speaking on stage and being a change maker, then, then this could be for you too. So don't let little minded thinking or our ego are like, you're not good enough stories. They, they happen for all of us. Don't let that stop you. But if you are not looking to ever have a business, this is not for you. Like this is really specifically for people who want to get more visibility, get more credibility and get more profitability through podcast guesting. That said, you can't be a fraud either. (laughs) So let me break that down what I mean by that because that's it may sound really harsh, but here's the thing. I've had so many people in the earlier years come to me 
with a wish and a prayer. And they're telling me all this great stuff about them. They're telling me they've got this process to help people release anxiety and they can do this and, oh, they know how to do that. And they're an expert, but they've never actually done it and made money from it. So that's what I say, like a wish and a prayer. Do the thing first. Prove your process. Prove your thesis then come back and take the course because podcasters, established podcasters, professional podcasters, podcasters who have invested in understanding how to do a podcast. Here's another thing that's hurting us right now, I believe. And you already know what I'm going to say here is, and God bless Spotify and Anchor. I mean, it's true. All you need is your cell phone and, uh, you know, you just can talk and then boom, you have a podcast. But Brandon, I know you're teaching people how to do it the right way. So if you're looking to be on shows that are not serious about their craft, then what I'm teaching doesn't matter because you don't have to be serious about yours either. But if you are serious about yours and you really want to be making an impact, then you need to be on shows that are matching that. Yeah, I have a good, here's, a, here's something I, I, I'm curious. So I, I love that you delineate, you know, make sure that you have something you've, you've already proven that you can make an impact, right? You've, you've run the program a few times, you've kicked the tire. It doesn't even have to be a few times, but people have actually paid you exactly. money, real money, not just an IOU where you've done it for a friend, like people, no barter, like people have paid you, strangers have paid you real money to deliver to them real transformation and you have done it. That's huge. Exactly. I saw that. I, I, that's awesome. And then what about people who've done that, but they haven't, like they're finding their voice. Do you help them with that? They're figuring out, okay, I do this for people, but like, I have never told my story in this way before, like in a, in this format, do you help people with that part of it? Or should they have done that already? No. So my clients with interviews that convert, any of my clients, we do all of that. Um, positioning is huge. It's so hard. Even like, this is my thing and I'm brilliant at it with other people, but I have to hire other people or turn to my friends and coaches and marketing strategists to be able to pull out the best of me too. We all need that external support from somebody who's not lived our lives and sees the things that they think make us fascinating, whereas we feel make us like, that's not fascinating. It's embarrassing or it's something like that, right? So definitely um, with my clients, with people who, my students and my clients, I definitely help with that. Um, it does not happen in the free course, obviously, um, but it's something that I definitely can point people to. Another thing is when people do come my way and apply and, you know, get in touch with me. I love sharing resources. So please don't think, even if you're not quote qualified for my program, it doesn't mean you're not qualified for an interaction. I love helping people. I love hearing from people. And I know a lot of really cool people I've been interviewing for a while. I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of amazing experts in different things. Um, so I love making referrals based on individual people's needs. Like a lot of people will say, oh, you should get for an email service provider, you should get this thing because I'm an affiliate for this thing and everybody needs this thing. Whereas I listen to where you're at in your business and in your life and I don't want you spending money that you're not making. So based on your needs, I'll make a recommendation. Um, so I definitely have resources that I recommend for people who have not yet made money from their expertise, but they have the expertise. They haven't quite figured out their thing. I've got some great people I love to refer to. So, And my audience is going to kill me because I haven't at the beginning. They're like, Brandon, how long do I have to fast forward to get to this? The website to find your stuff is thenicoleholland.com. Go to it, thenicoleholland.com. The resources are there. The podcasts that she hosts are there. The services are there. If you want to find any of that, you can go to that. Also, if you want to just sign up for this Get That Yes program, you can go to brandonbrands.com slash Nicole Holland. That's Holland with two L's, like the country. If you've ever been there, it's beautiful. Uh, did I forget anything in that? No, like that's, I would say, I love social media as well. Um, and 
some, something that is a little bit embarrassing to me, uh, but that's just real life. Is I'm going through some technical stuff, so we'll have a new we'll new, we'll have a new website at some point. Um, but the uh, thenicoleholland.com will of course get you there no matter what. Um, but yeah, like just reach out. I like having human contact. I'm not big on social media. I mean, I, I know how to do it and I do do it and I help my clients with it because I'm a marketing strategist. But uh, personally, I would rather like, you know, sit in somewhere by the beach. Like I could go days without actually interacting with people and <laughs> totally unplugged. So very much an introvert, but uh, introvert, what's that? Introvert. That's a new one. It's a new kind yeah. of introvert. Introvert. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I, anything, um, the Nicole Holland, that's my handle on Instagram and on Facebook and just find me. Just, just find me. <laughs> so I, so I want to end this in kind of a fun way and I'm going to give you a choice so that you don't kill me at the, at the end of this, okay. because I think interviewing is such a, is such an important skill and, and people are going to learn this when working with you, but I either want to hear like the best like thing you should do or like the best thing you should avoid that people are doing all the time. Like one of the, like the good or the bad, I'm happy to hear either side of that. Well, let's see if I can pull a little bit of both. So one thing, number one, the number one thing is please stop cold pitching podcasts. Like I said, just stop. That's a PSA for, for this episode, for sure. <laughs> stop, stop it. Stop pitching podcasts. Um, and yes, like if you come to my website or if you get in, get the yes or whatever, definitely I will get you that PDF. You may have to remind me or just send me a little message. But as soon as it's done, and Brandon's actually featured in there too, so that's a lot of fun. So please stop pitching podcasts. That's that's the number one. A number another thing that is uh, really everybody's different, but a lot of podcasters that I interact with do not prefer having guests come with um, with their bullet points because then it's all about what your intentions are as the guest. And you're in a way quite disrespecting the host and the audience. Um, Most podcasts that I deal with and that my clients like are conversational. They're not Q&A. There are Q&A style podcasts out there. It's just not where I play. So be willing. And this is actually the number one thing I teach my clients to do. And that is be present. Show up without expectation, just in a really good space of you're going to have fun with the host and everything's going to be perfect. Whatever needs to come out for the audience is going to, and there's no way of messing it up. And then once you have that mindset thing down, you just show up and go with the flow and have a good time. I love it. That's the fun part. It's not a keynote, right? You're not giving your right. pitch that you ta- you teach in your webinar or whatever it is. It's a conversation that hopefully you leave some value behind. And that's the host's job to pull that out. And hopefully they know enough about you. They've done their homework that that comes out. And if they haven't, that's just a bad show. <laughs> what well, and it, I, it's hard to say that, right? Because we all, kidding. again, we all don't, we, we come from different thought processes. Yeah. I would say a, a a show I would not recommend being a guest on is Uh-oh. one that sounds terrible. So if it's if they have bad audio, and I've made the mistake before where I have not recorded through my proper mic. So it's not just across the board. Uh, like if you hear somebody with bad audio, don't judge them completely. But if you're listening to a podcast that consistently, like check out a couple episodes, if the podcast hosts sounds awful or it's hard to listen to or the guests sound better than they do, then they're not getting listeners. They're not getting people tuning in because it's hard. And most podcast listeners, their ears get attuned to a quality audio. Um, It doesn't have to be, you know, studio produced quality, but if it's not um, like, I mean, Brandon has a great show with great audio. This is a great example. So don't get on shows that aren't putting in the effort to be a professional show. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And you know, what's funny is there's like, I can kind of, when I listen to podcasts, what I judge by is, is the, I could tell when the, when the guest is carrying the weight, like I, you could see it. They're just like, you're not going to ask, okay, I'll just keep talking about it or whatever it is. Like the, uh, there's a weird, the flow changes and you, it's like, well, they must've just had to take over because there was something there. So I, I, I look for that. That that like Agreed. awkward, like not transactional, like part of the conversation. 
Oh, that's another one. And again, this is just everybody's different. And there's a lot of really good shows that do this, but it's something that a lot of the people that I deal with don't prefer. And that is shows that are exactly the same every single episode. Now, there are shows that are like that, that have huge followings, but the followings are generally there because of the host, because the people love the host. It's not about the guests. And you know, I'll, I'll point this out too, because you mentioned John Lee Dumas. He has like the same show every time, but, but here's where it's different and why it works for him. And it's not just, it's, it's yes, they show for him, but here's what he does. He's the most active listener I've ever seen in my life. Like he is paying attention to what you're saying. He'll elaborate, he'll jump off, but you know, he has the same questions, but he's the most active person I've ever seen do host an interview. And it's a skill. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's absolutely a skill. And he's a great, I mean, he's, John Lee Dumas is the person who personally taught me how to be about, be a podcaster. I love John. I've known him since uh, 2015 when he was on my my first summit, but there's a lot of his students. So, I mean, he's one of, at least at the time that I started my podcast, he was the preeminent authority on how to launch a podcast. And a lot of spinoffs, a lot of his students, or even not his students, but people who wanted to be John Lee Dumas, essentially, they just copied him. And so there's still a lot of that out there. And so if you want to be heard, then being on a podcast where the host is not an active listener, and they are literally just going down a checklist of questions it's not going to help you unless they somehow have your specific audience. Like if you're super, super niched and they're super, super niched and then, then like, yeah, maybe, but generally speaking, you want to have human interaction. You want people to experience not just getting your knowledge, but getting your personality because we are starved. We're more connected than ever, who are more disconnected than ever as well. And people crave human connection. Yeah. Well, and I think what we've proven, cause I could gossip girl about this all night, but I, but I won't do that to, to you. I won't do that to the audience. It's, you know, it's nighttime. I don't want to keep you up too late, but I, I will say there is enough here. You can see there's story after story of this kind of stuff that it's important to learn, to learn the things, the rules, the, the, the lessons, the, the tricks, the tips, the best practices. You, if you learn these things, you're going to be that much further ahead and you're not going to be spinning your wheels and you, know, you spend six months guessing. You're like, yeah, I don't know why things aren't turning around or whatever the thing is. I think, I think what I like is we point out enough examples that hopefully people see the value and why, and why there's a market for this, you know, why you have to turn people down for this kind of thing, why you have to give stuff away for free. There's a market. And I think enough of a, and, and podcasting is growing at a, at a rate that people know that this might be the place that I need to put my brand. So I appreciate you sharing your stories with us today. Thank you. I so appreciate the opportunity and I love hanging out with you. We had such great talks already that I'm like, yes, we get to do it on the air too. Yeah. I, yeah. We, we, we go on, we, we go on and on and on. We, I, I was like walking, pacing my backyard, just getting value bombs from Nicole the other day, all, all day. So it, it's much appreciated. Your friendships appreciated the offerings you're putting out there, the way you're helping people is appreciated. So thank you for bringing that to our audience today. I appreciate you. Likewise, Brandon. All right. Catch you next time. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to brandandbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandandbrands.com.